Welcome to Critical Cactus, where we talk about prickly subjects. Hey, what are they going to do? Take the whole jar and start a candy selling empire? Confirmation bias with a little steroid pill. Well done, study people. I have a problem with rich people. Welcome back to Critical Cactus. Hi, I'm your host, Adam Yax. Today is June 22nd, 2017. I hope everyone had a good Father's Day. This is going to be a short one. With me today is my co-host, Adam Dominguez. Hey, D-Man. Hello. What we wanted to do was uh, do kind of a off-schedule post and discuss some news that we saw in science and do some critical thinking on it and give you guys some of our off-the-cuff thoughts um, for some of the new studies coming out of PNAS. So here we go. Let's take a look at the study. We see on the prestigious PNAS, which is, of course, the Proceedings of National Academy of Sciences. What does it show? Studied from... You can check the authors and info tab. Department of Psychology. Oh, UC Berkeley. Berkeley. UC Berkeley and Toronto. So some collaboration going on there between Berkeley and uh, University of Toronto, um, which is Canada. And so we know it's real because it's not fake news. If it's Canada, they haven't been... What? Canada hasn't been... No, just the, the whole fake news is just... At this point, it's kind of become a meme. Well, you got to be sure you know when you're reading if it's fake or not. So you just got to go, oh, Canada means it's not fake. I I know this is off topic, but I honestly feel that the phrase fake news has been one of the most damaging things to ever come across. Especially when it switches from side to side to side to side and a person who's doing fake news says that the other person's fake news. Well, yeah, news. now everyone... There's just fake news. Fake now news. everyone just says fake news. Like, oh, I don't want to believe what you're saying. Fake news. Yeah. It's the behavior of 274 individuals. Uh, drivers of vehicles at a busy four-way intersection in San Francisco Bay Area yielded the data for study number one. I think it's interesting. That's study one. I think it's interesting because what do you get out of it? Great. So here's the deal. Like, I understand where they're coming from, but this is the reason why I feel that it's flawed. First of all, it's a pathetically small number. Second of all, trying to determine somebody's wealth by the vehicle they drive is ridiculous because, as you should know here in Arizona and in other states as well, people often buy vehicles above their means. In fact, you can see oftentimes if you go through a ghetto, people driving Escalades and BMWs and Mercedes, they live in shacks. They're not people of means. A lot of people will use that as a status symbol to try to up their status and use the majority of their income to try to have that status. Right. So they have, they. I mean, that's a terrible basis for a test. You can't determine whether somebody is wealthy or not based off the vehicle they drive. What if, what if I told you I knocked on the window and asked them how much money do you make? Would that have been, I mean... Not necessarily better, because I feel that they could just lie. Aspe- yeah. Maybe if it was like 27000 not 2274 I mean, at least with a... You could get rid of a lot of the vagueness of it if it was 200000 as opposed to 274 I would argue, though, that... A, I, I agree with you. I think that the study is too small, and I, I'm not seeing anything about uh, it being reproduced. I don't see anything about it being, um, you know, peer-reviewed. So, I mean, just... It's in PNAS, which gives us some credibility, but... Well, and then the other issue that I have is the location, San Francisco Bay Area. That's a more affluent area. So you're either really rich or you're homeless. There's not a whole lot of middle class there. 
if it was 200,000 and the results stayed the same as what I see here, I, it would be staggering. I have a problem with rich people. I, I'm aware. I, I don't like it. And I, what I mean by that is I don't like that I'm that way. So I need to uh, I need to turn off my own bias on this one, which is tough. You know, and it's it's really cool to flip the coin on me because I'm so, you know, hey, don't have your own biases in there. Let's try to be sure we're looking at this scientifically. But well, the, the other thing I want this to be true. And so I have to be very careful. That's First, tell me what they did. OK, so they took 105 people and they had them select themselves out of a ladder of between okay. like basically pick a number between one and ten. One means you're the worst person like possible human being and ten means you're the best possible human being yeah. like broke as a joke or you know gates mm-hmm. rich okay mm-hmm. and then they asked them on that same ladder to see where they felt they were ethically so like you're basically asking like oh, ask I yourself see. how ethical do you think you are I see. I see. So put yourself in two different rungs. Uh, oh, find find the rungs you are. Okay. Right. All right. So you're somewhere on uh, one through ten. Okay. I'm not going to mansplain that. You did a very good job. So what's your problem with it? Um, asking people to ask themselves how ethical they are is a really tricky situation. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anyone's going to be like, hell yeah, I'm unethical. Maybe, you know, maybe some people would. Some what? people seem to take some pleasure in that. Well, I mean... I have unethical tendencies, but it depends on the situation. Like, I'm not unethical towards my fellow man. I have compassion. Mm. But I'm unethical towards, like, big companies because, you know, it's a company. It doesn't mean anything to me. Uh, hey, they're people, too. Be careful now. So, again, we've got problems with the fact that they chose high or they chose college students. Yeah, I didn't like that part. At this time, the experimenter presented participants with a jar of individually wrapped candies that participants were told were intended for children participating in studies in a nearby lab. The experimenter told participants they could, they that they could have some of, if they wanted. The jar contained approximately forty pieces of candy and was labeled with a note stating that it was to be taken to a specific child research laboratory. The experimenter then left the participants alone with the candy jar for approximately thirty seconds to set up the second part of the study. Participants then re-entered the laboratory and completed some unrelated tasks on the computer before reporting how many pieces of candy they had taken. So this is saying, are you unethical? And they're not saying, are you hungry? <laughs> okay, so they tell them they tell them that there's roughly 40 pieces of candy in the jar. You don't have any kids there are to give. But the, the person said it's okay to take some. So I think the average person is going to take one or two candy. What are they going to do, take the whole jar and start a candy-selling empire? <laughs> That's how it's... <laughs> That's how Jelly Beans, the company, started. Not to mention the fact that they left him for a whole 30 seconds. Like, I couldn't do anything maniacal in 30 seconds. With you a can c- start an entire candy empire I mean, in 30 seconds. I finally feel like I get where they're going with this one, but it still bothers me. Like, here's a jar of candy. <laughs> You're free to have some candy, but keep in mind that it's for children. All right. And then I'm going to leave you for 30 seconds. Like, right. you might have to be pretty heartless <laughs> to be like, you know what? Within the next 30 seconds, I bet I could eat all this candy. Now, I grant you they didn't know how long all they were going to be gone. <laughs> but, like... What if it was nerds? 
40, <laughs> 40, 40 nerds. nerds. Okay, well, that, you, that I could do. <laughs> All right. Study five. And, like, what if you just don't like candy? <laughs> <laughs> what if you're eating... Uh, what are they? What are they trying to say? Like, if you ate some, you're unethical, and if you rank yourself on the wrongs yeah, so high, that you're a highly it, unethical. Yeah. How is that unethical <laughs> to eat some candy? They told you you could have some. <laughs> they didn't say these were kids. I mean, what if you're? Uh, what if you're saying to yourself? Kids don't need candy. That's not cool. Yeah, you know what? I'm you doing know, the world I'm a favor. Save them. I'm going to save them. I'm no cavities for you, candy. kids. <laughs> you can totally justify that. But that that might head. actually be unethical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, but still, just I also does feel ethics mm-hmm. and like, ver- like you can totally. Could you imagine how awful you'd it. feel? Like, hey, you know what? Wait out here real quick while I set up the next part of the test. I need you to hold this jar of candy for some reason. <laughs> you can take a <laughs> couple of pieces. Nobody through that, right? I, like you wait, can, you can take a couple of pieces if you want, the and then when you come back, in, how many pieces of candy did you eat? <laughs> but they totally threw out the candy. They were like, I know exactly what they're trying to do. They're trying to see if I would eat this candy. I'm gonna throw this candy down my pants, <laughs> just to mess with the. Oh, I don't know. I, I think maybe the participants of our study have got us figured out. You think? I would just throw the jar. Be like, oops. <laughs> just need to take a quick break to mention our sponsor eCampus. Do you have textbooks? Well, sell them. Shipping is free. Uh, Get paid or get an in-store credit for books that you need for the next class that you have. Uh, Go to criticalcactus.net forward slash eCampus and sell your books today. Now back to the show. So they asked a person to pretend that they were a hiring they were a hiring manager for a company and that they were hiring somebody of, of low income, of, of little means, to a job. That person wants job security. They want to know that they'll be employed for at least two years. I already know the answer is no, because mm-hmm. it says six months without exception. Mm-hmm. So, okay. And then it also asks about religiosity, like how religious they are, and then you know what their, their political orientation is. Yeah. Well, they were saying, how likely are you? to let the person the candidate know right if if they say hey what's my job security chances employer in this case is saying well i am not going to tell them that it's six months or totally going to tell them it's six months with a little dragger right little slider bar like how likely are you yeah and so there that's where like the whole moral flexibility comes in because ignoring the other two uh, options for first uh, for the moment you could either say there's a hard line, right? You, it's going to last six months. Or you could flat out lie and be like, hey, there's a good chance you'll get hired on after those six months. Yeah, yeah you could totally lie. Right. The, as, the or you can just say yes. <laughs> yeah, well, if the, if the candidate asks you about job security, the question is, is it immoral to say, hey, you could, you know, who knows? Right. And right? then the reason why there's a sliding scale is because you can go anywhere in between that. So I could placate. So like if you ask me, hey, I need to know, am I going to have a job after those six months? I could say, we're not currently looking to hire on permanently. However, depending on your performance, that may change. Mm-hmm. It's not yes or no, but like I already know the answer is no, but I've given them false hope. They can think whatever they want. Now, so... Would you consider that ethical? No, I'd consider that unethical because I know what the answer is. So what would you do in that situation? In my situation, I would tell them it's six months and that's it. You would tell them the truth? Yes. No matter what? That's why. Even though you were tasked by the company 
to negotiate a low salary for this candidate and so get him in the door for at my for my feeling would be that first of all in the job market I know there's more than one applicant so okay. I've got a pool to select from all I've got to do is find somebody that's okay with the work and I'd feel much more comfortable doing that as opposed to trying to shoehorn someone in that's looking for a long term commitment but I mean in the study it sounds like they were saying hey we don't want them to know it's six months. I mean, obviously, the employer is going to say, hey, they're going to perform better if they think they're going to stay here for a long time. I don't want them to have one foot out the door for the entire six months looking for another job. I want them to be all in for that whole six months. I don't want them to know. Right. Well, and that's where ethics come in, and comes if, in. And what if they put a little thing that said, if we're going to watch you do this interview, and if you lie to them, or if you don't lie to them, rather, if you tell, if you know what I mean, and then you're in trouble. Okay, so from a personal point of view, and I can't answer for other people, mm-hmm. I would just quit that job. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> I, I won't. You. I won't work for an unethical company because I myself have ethics. If some, if a company's ethics cause me to question my own, it is not a good fit. It's not a good fit for me. It's not a good fit for the company. That's not who they're looking for, and that's not who I'm looking to work for. Mm-hmm. So I would. What quit. if it's your dream job? You really don't want to lose your dream. It job. would not be my dream job. If, because that's because situation. it's causing me to question my ethics mm-hmm. and I've been put in that situation before so I already know what I would do I, I was told that I had to do something that I had said that I did not want to do and I quit that same day mm-hmm. because and I didn't quit with a follow up job I mean it wasn't the smartest thing for me to do but but so now the rest of what the study is is saying okay now measure yourself on your religiosity on your political orientation and on your social economic status where do you put yourself in those three situ- th- three things, and do you think that lines up with with their findings? So I don't know about the whole religious thing because I feel that more religious people should be more ethical. But I'm actually pretty non-religious. I'm only religious when it's uh, what's the word convenient. Okay. I would put myself <laughs> about a two or three religious. I mean, I'm not not religious at all because right. I do tend to believe in a higher power. Okay, but I'm not like Bible thumping psychotic. Okay. Well, that just put a whole bunch of all right. It just put a whole bunch of people in a big category there. But that's all right. That's okay. Well, I mean, it is a sliding scale. I'm not. Yes. All I'm saying is that I'm not a seven. I'd put myself all about right. a two all or right, a three. All right. All right. But then, I mean, what they found, what they're saying is, the higher your social economic status, the least ethical you'll be. Right. And so, back to some of the things we talked about before, is it bad ethics? to say, hey, these kids shouldn't have that candy? Or is that your version of good ethics? If somebody is in a higher social economic status, is it possible that that person has been able to manage companies and knows, potentially knows, I don't know if this is true, but what if they think that it's better for the overall group of the rest of the people in this company overall, ethically, to use this person for six months? And then be like, you're out because the rest of the people in the company are totally going to benefit from it. For the whole team to succeed, they need to like take advantage of this person for six months. Is the is that because that manager has had that insight, um, whereas the employees don't have that sort of insight? So the employees, the lower economic status people, you know what I mean? I'm just wondering I, how, I, how I you think, can flip that coin. I don't know. I like, think probably yes because I mean, if you're higher up, I mean. Taking your own personal greed out of things, you have to look at the bottom line because if your company fails, you're you know you're losing thousands of jobs or whatever right. you know depending on if you're Fortune 500 right. or whatever. So, at that point, 
it might be more ethical for somebody higher up to make that decision Mm -hmm. because yeah like you said yes they're only going to be working there for six months but those six months are going to have a huge impact on the entire company so my question then is why would somebody say that just because you did it this way or this way that that makes you ethical or unethical it's just your perspective on the question i mean somebody i think most people but you know this goes all the way down to the social you know the the killing you know the the mass murderers who think that they're doing the world a great good the guy who went in the the in the news this week we had the uh liberal gun shooting guy who went down to the baseball field and started shooting republicans what the hell makes him think that that's an ethical angle on a problem I mean, I, that's I, some twisted thing. I don't know right that there. ethics played into that. I'm pretty sure he was just disturbed. I think he felt like he was doing something legit. I think a lot of people do. I think that's the problem is you got to look at these things and go, okay, objectively, what's ethical? That's the whole Well, but yeah, but when you're problem. talking about the shooter, you're talking about psychology and sociology, not ethics. Well, isn't that what we're talking about here? Psychology and sociology? You're talking about... The the you were talking about thousands of people losing their jobs, isn't that sociology? You're talking about a manager who sees it one way, isn't that psychology? It's the same thing. Well, yeah, but you're scale. not you're not making the hard decision there. You're taking advantage of a person for six months, and you're probably oh move. What if it's like oh they're going to relocate from Alaska and learn a whole new language here in America? Wait, oh, what? Wait, okay. First of all, <laughs> maybe you don't hire somebody from Alaska to work in like Florida or something. I just wanted to mess with you. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of, of circumstances. I mean, I like I actually like this study. However, there is a lot of extenuating circumstances that could alter when you would say yes or no. You don't have enough data. It seems like... And that's part of... Well, I mean, getting into like an interview, that's part of the interv- interview process. Like you, you interview a person to get the feel for them to understand whether or not they're a good foot for your company. Yes. But you also need to know like whether or not they are going to be relocating from like another country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, for sure. That's not a good fit if you're going to be paying them 8.50 an hour or $9 or however much minimum wage is right now. But yeah. HR has given you this lowly, you know, interviewee guy a job to go in there, interview this person, negotiate a low salary and get this candidate on board for what they think is going to be a potential two-year and you, they, they're telling, oh, look, the guy's got, we got to get him in here, her, him, in here. And they're only going to be here for six months, but we got to do it. So, it's an interesting conundrum, but it seems like really weak uh, writing to me. If this was right. a, if this was a sci-fi, I'd be like, yeah, it's pretty weak writing. Well, There's got to be a better way to conclude whether somebody's ethical. The right. other question is whether or not, so, I mean, the person indicates at the end of the job for two years, but do they also are they willing to work for six months because if they're working there for six months and they need a two-year job they can still look for other jobs i mean some employment's better than no employment yeah but i mean some employers would argue that you're not going to get a good employee who's got one foot in the door one foot out of the door for that whole six months looking for another job well i have to say as a hiring manager i always assume that whoever i hired was automatically looking for another job okay that's true yeah I mean, unless you Well, have there's a study six. Okay. I don't want to cut you off here. All right. Maybe they're wrapping this up into a big, like, I got you. I don't think so. Sometimes they do, though. They, you know, but here we go. Study six, participation, participation from 195 adults. Ooh, the most so far. So 129 far. female. Oh, yeah, that's a lot more. But no males, even and, though there's... And 600 ported. It's 100, yeah. Well, okay, the 600 reported. That's all right. Responded to an advertisement on Craigslist, an online community forum. <laughs> now that's where you get the cream of the crop. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I like the idea of the mixture of uh, the Craigslist advertising. It's not selecting your, you know, college students. Oh, yeah. I totally agree. That. Craigslist works better for me than selecting college students. And received an invitation to complete an online study for a chance to win $50 gift certificate towards an online retailer. Participants took part in a game of chance in which they were told that the survey software would roll a die for them five times randomly, displaying one side of a six-sided die. Participants were informed that for for every five points rolled, they would be awarded a credit. In addition to the one received for their participation toward the $50 prize drawing, and that remaining points would be rounded up or down to the nearest multiple of five. Participants were also told that because the experimenters had no way of asserting their individual roles, they would be asked to report their total for all five roles at the end of the game. In fact, the quote rolling of the die was predetermined, totaling a score of 12, or two extra credits with two leftover points. Our measure of cheating was the extent to which a participant's reported total exceeded 12. In the present study, 31 participants reported totals rolling rolls exceeding 12. Cheaters! We've seen this study before. Self-report right. your findings and are you a cheater, but they correlated that with somebody's self-reported measure of religiosity, da 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 right. found a correlation. Um... Yeah, that's objectively cheating. That's not like subjectively ethical. That's objectively cheating. Right. Like you, you came <laughs> up with like th- how many people? Thirty-one people out of the out of the hundred and ninety-five. It's actually not bad. <laughs> I have a lot less faith in humanity than, than I, I do. should. I really thought it'd be a lot bigger. I have a lot less faith in humanity. But you know, the thing yeah. is, is like that's crazy. The the things that that doesn't take into account is um, I don't want to say intelligence, but like if somebody offered me this game and they're like, oh, and you've got to report it yourself because there's no way for me to record it, like that would kind of set alarm bells off in it my totally head. Totally would, yeah. The participants, well, the participants in a college setting who are college students would totally set the alarm off. Participants in a Craigslist ad, I don't think so. I, well, but I use Craigslist, and if that was an option for me, I wouldn't. I wouldn't lie because I'd be like, this seems a little suspicious. If now, it's a website that's clicking and you're, you know, it's like totally able to record what you got. I, yeah. I mean, I would just automatically assume I'm like, how terrible are they at, at developing a website that they have no way of recording my roles? Like that's beginner stuff. Yeah. Like, like I said, that would really set off alarm bells in my head. So I'd feel more compelled to tell the truth. Now, honestly, on, and from, from my point of view, if they gave me like loaded dice, and put me in a room, and they're like, all right, go ahead and roll five times, write it down on this piece of paper, <laughs> I would be more inclined to cheat. Because then I'd be like, hey, 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 they have no way of monitoring this. I yeah. mean, other than the loaded dice thing, but who goes? I have a lot more faith of them if it had, uh, what is the more sides on the dice, like in D&D? Like a D20? Yeah. You give me a D20, but all right, these people are legit. Yeah. <laughs> so, you give you a regular dice, and you get a one, a two, a two, and a four. <laughs> Come on. So, yeah, but I mean, let's say they give us five dice and they gave us loaded dice. Yeah. 
And so assuming that I don't mess the test up myself, so I throw the dice once as I'm supposed to, and I get this terrible roll, and I write it down, and I'd be like, maybe I rolled a six <laughs> or another six. Right. Now again, that's assuming because if I pick them up again and I throw them and I get the exact same ones, I'd be like, oh, never mind, they're loaded. Well, wait, because there's a couple variables that I don't think we've seen, we noticed right away. Fifty dollar prize, right. low economic status. Who has more incentive to lie? I'm. Well, and yet their findings were the opposite. Their well, findings were the opposite. The person that had the most, those 37 or 31 participants were the ones who considered themselves high. Now it's self-reporting. Right. So it's possible that they were like, oh, I'm not really the, you know, I'm, I'm you know. I'm gonna let them know that I actually have something. Blah blah blah. Well, okay. But here's here's a good question because you and I are like on the opposite sides of the economic spectrum. I, I not with this test, but again, in my in my scenario, totally lie. Fifty bucks is fifty bucks. Would you? <laughs> I see no incentive to lie on this particular case. Well, that's completely backwards from what they've said because I know that, that makes you the ethical one and me the unethical one. Well, mm. but again. That, I don't think you would. I don't. And I mean, not every, I mean, that's a hundred and, you know, we keep saying the number 195 adults. Some of those higher economic SCS people were not lying like me. It's not like they were saying all of them. It's just like the 31 participants who rolled supposedly higher than 12 are the more higher status people. So, yeah. So they say yes just because they have to win. I mean, like, <laughs> it would make more sense to me as a poor person because, again, I 50 know. bucks is 50 bucks. That's the part that's bugging me. Like, I could go grocery shop, online grocery shopping with that. or Well, and if, <laughs> and if you're low, the thing about study one was, you know, the person who's going to stop and not cut off, you know, study one and two. One is they're going to stop at the intersection and not cut off the car that's already there or whatever. And right. then the other one is they're going to quickly cut off the, the person walking across the street. The higher your status the less likely it is that you need to be there faster. It you're not punching a clock. Right. You're well, dri- supposedly, <laughs> you're driving this BMW that's, you know, brand- this year's model. You know, it's 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 not sitting there with primer on it. <laughs> right? It's It's got this year's model, and you're in a hurry? Uh, well, forgive me again it's for, the being, exact for being contrary. Yeah, you never that. Yeah. is my thing, but... I will say that more, I don't want to say richer, but people that are that are economically better off do tend to think their time is worth more. They think they have more to lose too, and yeah, there's a lot, I, dude. You're speaking. And, to, you don't want me to get started. And on I mean, rich I, I am actually friends with quite a few like very wealthy people. Okay, and they do act a certain way with a certain level of entitlement. Yes. I don't necessarily know that that's ethics, though. Right. But they... It's hard to tease it out. They just... But that's they the thing, think their time is worth more. That's the thing that bugs me about this whole study is... Uh, well, before I finish the whole study, there's a, there's this last one. Oh, my God. How many studies there's were seven. there? There's okay. seven. Ninety participants. That's ninety. Ninety. Yeah. There's no D in ninety. Ninety. I say ninety because it's... No one ever taught you the right way to say ninety. Because I don't want to go to sleep. It's not like I've taken my granddaughter and go, nighty night. Um, complete an online survey via Amazon's Mechanical Turk. Or M-Turk. 7D participants. 
selected European American. Yeah, okay, there's a mix. Got it. Awesome. Well done. Well done, study people. In the greed is good priming condition, participants were instructed to think about and list three ways in which greed could be beneficial. My brain actually kind of shut off at the whole greed is good because other yeah. than what was it like Wolf of Wall Street or whatever movie that was. When is greed good? Like honestly, when is it good? That's a whole Iron Rand thing. Is greed is good? Like do you know serve yourself, and by serving yourself, and the whole hive serves itself. The whole hive is healthier. Right. That's a thing. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not. It, yeah, it is it's if totally you're a, a thing. It is if you're a freshman college student. No, it's a thing if you're starting Silicon Valley. Like that is, that is how those. It's almost like a religion in the early '80s of all of the starter ups in Silicon Valley to do this whole greed is good thing. So it's a, it's a series. It, it, there's, it, there's like a rule set to it and a whole, there's a whole thing, but yeah, I think it's real based off of my, my core beliefs. I struggle with that. And so that one's actually sure. really hard for me to do. I can't say that it's bad because I mean, if obviously we've gotten some great things out of it, but I personally, I can't do greed is good. I've always done you know, whatever I have is good enough. Yeah. And like, yeah, I'd like more, but not at the cost of others. And that is what greed is. Mm -hmm. Greed is, you know, enriching yourself at the cost of someone else. And well, and the argument that they have is that if you enrich yourself, you're, pro you're, you're producing. Right. And if you produce as a, as a production in society, then you're and you know, you're kind of like the mitochondria of the, of the race. You know, you're, you've got the mighty, mighty mitochondria. And it's doing its job. The powerhouse of the cell. Yeah. So um, that's some of the arguments there. But um, I'm with you. I have had a lot of situations where I had to pick the what I felt was the ethical line. And, um, yeah. For me, though, when I think about that, it's not money-related. It's typically health-related. You know, should you do marketing for a company that's selling snake oil? You know, that's a tough question um, because... So it's not for me, but I, there's obviously it's tough for a lot of people because there's a lot of people who believe the snake oil, homeopathy, right. big one. We can do a whole show on that. We probably will. Um, some people are true believers. They really are. Chiropractors, I have problems with that. I know a lot of my <laughs> friends, including you, probably don't have any issues with it, but I have a big problem with it. Um, that, it, you know, it, there are true believers, but then there are those people who know damn well it's not true. And they still hawk it. So I want to say like that I would have no problem selling snake oil, but I know deep down that's not true. Well, and uh, when I've been put in sales positions, I find that if I believe in a product, I can sell it. But if I don't, I can't. And when I believe in a product, I can sell it. Right, right. Well, and the thing is, is you could sell a certain percentage of people even if you don't believe it. Your numbers will go down, but you still right. Sell. I mean, you could you can offhandedly sell anything, regardless of whether yeah. you believe, as, if well, that's, that's your job. Thing. If you if you sell somebody cancer therapy, I mean, they're going to do that instead of actual, you know, medical therapy. Then you're going to be in somebody's way. You know, well, you're going to be in the way of their health. So that's unethical. But a lot of people sell, do their you can, own. You can twist it and. So I, I was going to say a lot of people will do their own like online research or anecdotal yep. research, yep. determine that that's the product that they want. They go, they call or they get a hold of you in whatever way. They, you know, you show up at their front door and you sell your... Oh, yeah, targeting them. You sell your uncancer in, insurance or whatever it is that you've got. And they already want to buy it regardless of how badly you want to sell it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I know personally from past experience, like I'll do my best to talk people out of it. I do not make a great salesperson if I don't believe in the product. Wow. And there's probably a certain percentage of people that buy it anyway. Right. And there is. There yeah, is a. Because they're, they're, they're a bias. They wanted it. Right. That's yeah. what they wanted. That's what and they wanted. I know that ethically, I am I'm clean. Like they are buying this of their own volition. I didn't sell them on it. I can just totally see from, you know, what discussions we've had in the past, the whole worldview thing, and that you've got this pillar in your head that's very important to the world <laughs> that, you know, the, the building you have of your worldview, and that that is a very important part. Is that you are ethically, you know, like you said, clean. Um, but the questions, it keeps coming even in our uh, media today where the bad guy is, uh, I don't know if it's been the last 10 years, 20 years. I'm not, you know, as much into the movies as a lot of the other people out there. But I feel like the bad guy is always turning, has been recently turning into somebody that has, that you have to, as the viewer, question whether or not they really are just black and white bad. Yeah. You know, you probably have a more eloquent way to say that, but um, the good and bad simple nature of things, there's always nuance in that, in that I'm clean thing. You know, one of the things that I was thinking about is if somebody's going to fall for it, mm-hmm. you know, who am I to not take their money is a lot of people, you know, a lot of, I think, I think the scoundrels that are hawking the uh, snake oil out there really use that as a, as their way of sleeping at night. Like say, how do you sleep at night? If you could get the answer, most likely it would be, well, if you weren't stupid, I wouldn't have your money. And that's how I sleep at night because stupid people shouldn't be here anyway. And maybe they have some sort of a Darwinian thought about that, you know, um, get, let's make sure that they don't reproduce or whatever by <laughs> who knows what they're thinking is but also the consequence is far away usually the consequence right. isn't like you know right there you're not cooking their liver right in front of them so all in all as far as this this whole study went like I'm not a fan and I mean maybe it was peer reviewed and, and published and I don't know if it was PNAS is very Prestigious, it definitely is. I I feel like it's been peer reviewed. I don't think it was uh, uh, reproduced, but I do not like this being available on a science site. You at know, all. what I, I at all? I really don't like. I it. know my chances are slim, but I'd actually like to reach out to these researchers and see if they're. I don't know if confidence the word, but if they're if they're happy with their results. Because if they just think it's a stepping stone, like yeah. Obama did with the uh, Health Care Act, like, yeah, I know it sucks, but it's just one step. You know? Right. And if that's the case, like, if this is just their attempt to actually get this on the radar, that's... It could have just been a grade. I don't know. These, this is... Okay. So everything else aside, even if this is just a stepping stone, my concern with this study and with most studies that get published online is that somebody or a lot of somebody's are going to read it, take it as canon, and begin to spread this information. And, right. Well, exactly. I mean, this is what you're you're heading right to the same place I am. It's a higher so this is the title for the listeners. Higher social class predicts increased unethical behavior. I know that's not snazzy, but when the media gets a hold of it, it will be. It'll say studies show and then rich people suck or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then and then that's going to get plastered all over Facebook. And that's going to feed right into my bias, which I'm going to, you know, I normally would be like, yeah, it's my bias, whatever. But I hate it when something feeds into <laughs> somebody else's bias, so why would I be okay with it feeding into mine? I, I really don't like it, even though I, I, I 
I have this undocumented belief that it's true. <laughs> I can't. I can't scientifically. I can't say it's true, but in my anecdotal, you know. Uh, well, and the funny thing is, is I this, have, despite is the fact that I disagreed with this entire thing, anecdotally, I also agree that right, it's but true. Right, we're so we're both so angry that they did such a terrible and, job of doing it. But the thing is, is don't is study, don't post it until there's twenty thousand or two hundred thousand people. Other people will read this and then they'll use their confirmation bias to say, like, aha, see. Well, two things will happen: the people who want it to be true will keep it true, and the people who don't want it to be true, well, and you know, honestly, if they don't dig. They're just going to ignore the title and not dig, I guess. Right. If they did dig, they'd be like, oh, see, I was right. You know, but they probably won't. And that's another thing. If somebody doesn't want to believe it, they just don't read the rest. They just dismiss it offhand, you know. So anyway, I thought that was a really good uh, good little article. It's going to almost be something off of BuzzFeed. <laughs> yeah. It, Does it being be. rich make you unethical? <laughs> Ten shocking reasons it <laughs> might be true. <laughs> click here. Click bait. Click bait. Click bait. Thanks, NASA. Oh, hey, look. Barcodes. Oh. You know how annoying it is when a cashier needs to manually type in a product's identifying number because the barcode is busted? That would be much more common if not for NSF-funded research. The government agency helped develop and improve barcode scanners starting in the 1970s. Thanks, NASA. Wow. All right, thanks, NASA. And, of course, the chick will say that, too. Thanks, NASA. Oh, you say it better <laughs> than she does. She's not British. I think I I think I did a British, and she's totally Australian. I right? think she's Australian. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's how much I know about Australia. I got to get over there. To Australia? Oh, yeah. It's just like a really, really big Arizona. Is it? I love Arizona. It's, it's all just desert. Really? It's, yeah. It's so I do. Hot. It, well, it's summer right now, of course, but I still love it. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye.